Good afternoon, guys. Welcome to Ask J Live episode number one, uh, actually number 22. Um, glad you guys are able to join me today. Uh, today, we're going to have a, a very serious discussion about what business should I start? That's usually the biggest question I get as a, a business coach and uh, as a serial entrepreneur that helps people out and has been doing so for over 20 plus years. So um, this is a super big question. And today we're going to discuss that and go over a few things. But um, before we start, uh, I want to just remind you guys, if you're in the L.A. area, make sure you come out. Check me out. Go to BEBLive.com. Uh, uh, and I'm going to be in L.A. this Saturday, April 9th from 1 to 4 p.m. We're going to have a great time out there. I'm going to be interviewing Mr. Melvin Graham. He's the producer of a new upcoming documentary series on Amazon Prime called Black Business L.A. And we're going to do a great interview uh, with a Q&A with Melvin and myself and his team. And then also after that, we're going to be doing a meet and greet with libations and food. And uh, it's all totally free. So if you're interested please go to BEBlive.com. If you're not in the L.A. area, please share the information with your friend, uh, friends on social network. We have uh, limited seating and it's almost at capacity, but we want to get as many people in there as possible. So definitely want to look forward to that. Also, another um, show note before we get moving, um, we're going to actually start changing the time of our show. So not next Tuesday, but the following Tuesday, uh, April 19th, we're going to be moving the show to 7 p.m. in the evenings. So I've been getting so many requests and we're going to try it out and see what happens. I've been getting so many requests from the BEB family members that they can't join in live because they're at work, was, you know, doing 12 o'clock noon. So we're going to switch it not next Tuesday, but the following Tuesday. April 19th, we're going to try a couple weeks at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And this way it will give a lot of more people the ability to chime on in. So with that being said, guys, we want to get into today's show topic. Uh, what business should I start? And so when people ask me that, um, I always tell them I don't know. Right. Because everybody's situation is totally different. It's just like a fingerprint. Everybody has one, but they're totally different. And so I don't know what your financial uh, situation is. I'm not sure your tolerance for risk. Uh, I don't know what you're what you're good at, what you're not good at. I don't know where your talents and skills lie. So that's something that there's no right answer or one answer for everybody. So everybody's answer is different. And that's actually what I talk about in my Pinpoint and Monetize Your Genius online uh, program. And your genius is the intersection of your passion and your talent. And there's two ways pretty much. And I talk about this on BlackEntrepreneurBlueprint.com all the time, my other podcast. There's two ways, guys, to really start a business. Either number one, follow your passion or number two, solve a problem. So we're going to go over both of those and I'm going to give you some examples. And then if you guys have any feedback, that would be great. Uh, once again, this show basically is designed to get feedback from the BEB family. So once I finish my diatribe for a minute here, um, if you want to speak, you hit the phone icon at the bottom right to join the caller queue. Then when I pull you up, just hit the mic button. Uh, let me just grab some tea real quick. All right, we got this crazy weather out here in Philly, man. It's it's warm one day, cold the next, and uh, it's I, I still got a little tickle in my throat there. So you guys bear with me today. Um, so is what business should I start? And the first option is uh, solving a problem. So to me, right off the bat, guys, that is the simplest. I'm not going to say it's the easiest, but it's the simplest thing to do solve a problem if you can solve a problem excuse me people will pay you for that problem is that may not be sexy to you that may not be something that you're really into so in that aspect when the going gets tough you may not stick it out when you're doing something that you're passionate about then regardless of what the situation is you have a tendency to stick it out more and be able to hang in there while you're going through the ups and downs. So there are pros and cons to each one. We're going to talk about that and go over some things. So when you're solving a problem, 
there's a couple of questions that you need to ask yourself, okay? And the first one is, excuse me, what problems do I have that I need solved, and does anybody else have those problems? What problems do I have that need solved, and do anybody, does anybody else have those problems? And so when you start thinking about things that you're going through or things that are issues to you, then you want to take a look at the whole situation. Is somebody else going through these problems? Okay. Um, it's funny because um, we just saw not long ago what the, at the uh, Grammys, <coughs> excuse me, I'm sorry, the Oscars, you know, the Will Smith situation. I don't want to get on that too much. But um, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith had talked about her alopecia. And so, for example, now I'm a bald-headed dude, right? So I, I shave my head pretty much every day, every other day at the, at the least. And about, oh, probably about a couple months ago, I noticed like this patch in my head. And I'm like, damn, I was joking to my wife. I was like, what, I got ringworm or something? <laughs> and she was like, nah, and it was like uh, super smooth. So even when you shave your head, your head isn't totally smooth. You still got a little stubble over there, right? So it was like a totally smooth patch, probably about the size of a quarter. Then I noticed another small one on the side. I'm like, what is going on? So I, I'm not the doc guy that goes to the doctor all the time every time something happens, but I decided to go to... Uh, my dermatologist after I could finally get an appointment with her and uh, she was like it's uh, it looks like it's alopecia and she was like it's an autoimmune uh, deficiency or disease and it could go away by itself or you know it could be there but it bothered me and I'm a bald-headed black dude and I'm like I, I don't have any hair anyway but it, it still bothered me and so I said, well, what are some of the solutions? So she was like, oh, you can take these shots. Let's, let's, you know, we'll give you a couple shots to see if it stimulates hair growth and all of that good stuff. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, it worked after about two months. Um, the spots weren't there anymore. But that's something that was a problem for me. So that's something that would never be on my radar if that didn't happen to me. You know, that's something I don't even or would never even thought about. So think about the question. Number one is what problems do you have and uh, how can you solve them? And do other people have that problem? And so while I was talking to people about the alopecia thing, I'm like, I'm a bald headed dude. And I said it was an issue for me. So I know for women, uh, that's probably a super sensitive issue when it comes to your hair. Not to digress on, on all of that craziness. Uh, the next question you want to ask yourself, how can I get or create a solution to that problem? All right. So, for example, if it was um, I'm just let me see if I can think of something that I haven't used before because I used the same examples. Uh, OK, toenail fungus. Right. So. A lot of people, especially if you're in a warm climate or the spring and summertime, you know, men and women wear their, their feet out, sandals, whatever. You don't want to have rusty toes. Right. <laughs> and so with toenail fungus, if that's an issue for you, that's on your radar. It's almost like when you drive a car or you just buy a new car and all of a sudden you start seeing that car all over the place. It's because you're hypersensitive to it. So if you have toenail fungus. Right. And you know that that's an issue for you. And you find a product or service that or a product basically that cures that toenail fungus. And now you have the opportunity to buy that product, say, at wholesale or private label it. That's a problem. You know, you're solving a, a, a creating a solution to a problem. And so that could be a product idea for you. And so when I talk about what businesses or, you know, what businesses to start, um, once again, most businesses start off with, a product and or service, obviously. So that's another question you ask yourself. The third question you want to ask yourself when you're looking to solve a problem is what will people pay for the solution? The bigger the problem, guys, the bigger money people will pay. So, for example, I was talking to a friend of mine who actually is in the trucking business now. Right. And so he got tired of having to hire drivers all the time. So now he's getting his certification to drive an 18 wheeler. And this certification and training is like a four to six week training. It's super, you know, super hyper intensive to be able to get him to pass his CDL. 
And I was like, yo, dude, what do you pay for it? <coughs> Excuse me. And he was like 2,500 bucks. He said, I don't mind paying for it because I know that once I get it, I'm going to be able to make that uh, up real quick. And so once again, well, what will people pay for that solution? Once again, the bigger the problem, the bigger that they'll pay. If it's something simple, then once again, they're not going to pay as much. But that doesn't matter because as long as you can become profitable in selling that solution, then it's all good. Question number four, um, where do you see opportunity in a marketplace? So when you're also looking for a solution to things, where is there a gap in the marketplace, right? Where is there somewhere that you can fit in that maybe nobody else sees? So one example for uh, when I started uh, my podcast back in 2014, Black Entrepreneur Blueprint, there was a big gap in the market for entrepreneurial podcasts focusing on on people of color. And so when I saw that, I I jumped at that opportunity. There was a gap in the marketplace. My initial show when I was on terrestrial radio in Philadelphia on an AM station once a week, every Tuesday was called the entrepreneur advantage. Now that was, that station was a multicultural station. So anybody could listen to it. So when I decided to go uh, into podcasting, which at that time they call Internet, quote unquote, radio, I said, you know what? I have to narrow down my niche to be more specific so I can penetrate further. So I started looking around on the entrepreneur landscape and I noticed that there weren't basically was nobody really speaking to black entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs of color. So I saw that gap in the marketplace and basically the the BEB podcast is there to help you know entrepreneurs be able to be successful excuse me and sustainable to build successful sustainable businesses so that was a gap in the marketplace and today guys we're talking about uh what business should I start and once again it all depends on where you are and what you're trying to do and the last question when we're talking about solving a problem can you improve on a current product or service so is there a product or service out there that you think needs uh, improvement or you can improve it? <coughs> Excuse me. Now, this is probably already out there, but a long time ago. Excuse me. I drank a little bit of this tea here. A uh, long time ago, my, my cousin and I were just talking about ideas. And I'm sure this exists now, but this is probably 20 years ago. And one of the problems that I had was. I'm like, man, if I'm going to wash clothes and I'm leaving the house, you know how a lot of times you'll wash clothes. And if you're leaving the house or whatever, um, you'll just leave the clothes in the washing machine. Right. And hopefully it's not in there too long so they don't get mildew. So I thought about, man, I wish somebody would create a combo washer dryer with the washer on top where you could wash the clothes. And once they were done washing, they would automatically drop down to the dryer and dry. Now, they probably have something like that now, but that was an improvement on a current product or service. Now, I never pursued it, but I always thought about it. I said, man, somebody can create that. That's a great that's a great product, because I know when I was single, you know, living in my apartment and I'm like, man, I'm I'll put the clothes in the washer. Then I'll go out and I'll forget about them. (laughs) I come back in. I'm like, oh, man, he's been sitting here for about eight hours. It would have been nice to be able to have that that type of product. And it doesn't have to be anything that that's super large or technical, but it could be something that's that's very simple. It could be some type of aspect uh, on a service. It could be something that you add on to uh, an onion, uh, not an onion press, a chopper or something like that. I'm just thinking about small objects or things that make a difference. And if you look at right now glasses, right? So they have these, uh, I forgot who makes them. I think they're Google glasses or whatever. But I've seen glasses now that have the uh, uh, headphones inside the glasses or right by the glasses. So improving on eyeglasses or sunglasses. So all types of things that if you can improve on a current product or service, that is a great way to start your or, or identify something that you can sell. And today, guys, we're talking about what business should I start And as I mentioned from the beginning, that's all based on your situation at the current time. I always talk about in my mortgage business, 
somebody will come to me and tell me, oh, yeah, well, um, one of my friends, they got a, a, a 2% interest rate and we got the same credit score. I said, that doesn't matter. <clears throat> Excuse me. What's your debt to income ratio? Um, you know, what type of property are you trying to buy or refinance? You know, the price makes a difference with that, too. Uh, all of that type of stuff. How many trade lines do they have? The stronger everybody's credit profile. I don't care if you have the same credit score is totally different. Your credit profile. We both could have 750 FICO scores, but your credit profile could be totally different from mine. And so that's what people have to understand when you start talking about starting your own business or determining what product or service you're going to use to start your business. So when you talk to other people, they may have great ideas. That's cool. But once again, they're not in your same situation. How much money do you have to start? Can you can you go full time? Do you have to start part time? What are you good at? What aren't you good at? So those are some questions you want to ask yourself. So two ways, once again, to start a business or to uh, or figure out what business to start, solve a problem or the next one, follow your passion. And so we're going to keep it very simple when it comes to following your passion. Right. So. And once again, pinpoint and monetize your genius. If you want to go deeper, just go to blackentrepreneurblueprint.com. And on the front page, that course is there. And that course is a life changer. I've talked to a lot of my students that have taken the course because when you're chasing paper versus chasing purpose, it's totally different. So follow your passion. And it's very simple. What do you love to do? Okay. What hobbies or things do you love to do? Okay, so, for example, I'm a big boxing fan, as I always talk about. I could watch boxing not all day, but I could I could watch boxing every day if if I you know, if I didn't have anything else to do. I just enjoy the sweet science. I enjoy the technicality of it. Okay, I don't need to see all these knockouts all the time, but I enjoy the science of boxing. Second question you ask yourself, what are you good at right now? I used to box, but I'm too old to get in the ring now. But what am I good at? I'm good at communicating. I'm good at diagramming and diagnosing and breaking things down, right? And the third question you ask, what can you do that people will pay you for? And I'm going to break all this down in a second. So, for example, I could create a boxing YouTube channel, monetize the YouTube, you know, stuff. I could monetize it by selling tickets to boxing events if I get enough traction. But the three very simple things when you want to follow your passion, these are all you need to ask yourself. What are you good at? Um, you know, I'm sorry. What do you love to do? What are you good at? And what will people pay you for? All right. What do you love? What are you good at? And what will people pay you for? If you answer those three questions, then you can make money following your passion. So, you may love something, but you're not good at it, right? I may love art, but I'm not a I'm not a good artist, so people won't pay me for that, right? <laughs> you know, once again, so now you can you can you can create a scenario where you you love art, you're not a great artist, but maybe you can curate you know museums, art museums. That's something different. So if you can meld those three things together. You know, what do you love? What are you good at? And what will people pay you for? That's how you can monetize your genius or really your passions, following your passions. And I think, guys, if more people had their druthers, that's the way they would make their money. They would follow their passion. As I mentioned earlier, if you're passionate about something, you'll continue to push through even though times are hard. And I know from personal experience when I was just chasing money. I'm like, you know what? Uh, this is getting too hard. Let me find something else to chase to see if I can make money doing that. And after a while, you start. Well, I started seeing a pattern. I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm just chasing dollars. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. If that's part of your game plan, where you see that you can, you can make a quick lick. And you go, uh, let me get into this real quick, make some money, then let me parlay that into something else. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you keep focusing on just chasing money, then that's an issue. Solving problems is totally different. And so I like to use the example of uh, infomercials when they used to come out back in the days. Some of you younger folks on here might not remember 
uh, like the Carlton Sheets real estate infomercials. Uh, Don LaPree, you got all kind of different cats on here selling in 30 minute infomercials. And you'll still see them nowadays. You'll see them like for the uh, uh, the the ninja ovens and all of that type of stuff. Those are literally infomercials, commercials that are that are based on selling. And that's actually how QVC started. So if you look at yourself as a marketing company where all you're looking to do is not fall in love with the product or service, but just find products or services to market that solve problems, then there's nothing wrong with that. Because you know that just like QVC, just like these infomercials, they're going to go from one product to the next product. And when you do something like that, you have to understand all products have life cycles. I don't care what product it is. Five, ten years back, everybody on TV was selling the steam mops, right? The steam mops, they get hot, Bob, whip the pad off, and now you're sanitizing everything. Now it's the uh, air fryers. Everybody and their grandmom got a brand of air fryer out. And that is so funny because air fryers were out years ago too, but they came back around. And so if you're in the product-based solution business, then, you know, if you look at it as that, that, hey, you're a marketing company finding products, then you're you're all set with that. QVC started as uh, the guy that started QVC was an infomercial guy. He used to create infomercials for different products. And then he got the bright idea and said, hey, there's a ton of products out here. I can create a whole platform and I'm big on talking about platforms. I can create a whole platform to sell all of these products. So now I don't have to go buy one off commercials for whatever I'm selling today. Uh, you know, the Swiffer mop. Uh, I, that was big not long ago. Um, the other thing, the sham wow, like the chamois, the sham wow, all of that type of stuff. You remember those infomercial guys out there. But those are companies that all they do is they market products that solve a problem. And most times when you're on TV, it's usually a product per se versus a service because it's demonstrable. You can demonstrate it. So if you're in the, and this is for your marketing guys here, if you're selling a solution, problem solving with a product, make sure it's demonstrable. That's going to increase your sales that you can demonstrate the product. It could be a before and after. So if you're selling acne skin cream, you could show a picture of before somebody using it after. And you see that all the time because once again, I don't care what it is, whatever product or service you decide to sell to start your business, you're really selling transformation. You're selling from A to B for the most part, even if you're selling something that is not solving a problem. So for example, uh, people right now buying these high-end watches. If you look on Instagram, everybody and their grandma got a watch company, right? And so I'm looking at all of these watches, and I'll just take a a name brand. Matter of fact, I'm going to use I'm going to use my oldest daughter, who uh, I'm mad at right now. So she says, uh, you know, she's going to meet us out in L.A. And she was like, Dad, um. I sent a, uh, I, I, I bought a pair of sneakers. She lives in New York. I bought a pair of sneakers, but I'm going to have them sent to the house because I don't have room in my suitcase for L.A. to carry them. And can you and mom put them in one of your suitcases? Like, like I want to have an extra bag that I'm trying to check on. But, you know, how kids are. So I said, what would you buy? She was like, oh, I'm, I'm out with my girls. Let me show you the picture. She bought a picture, showed me a picture of some Balenciaga sneakers. And she's crying, poor mouth, right? Uh, you know, it's tight out here. I said, how much did those sneakers cost? Ah, uh, Dad, I don't want to tell you. I said, no, just tell me. She said, $900. And I'm like, what? I said, are you kidding me? I said, if they had Bobos written on the side, you wouldn't even have looked at them. But they got Balenciaga written on the side of them. But what does that do? It, it still basically is it's a transformation. It's a status transformation. That's just like people who have a black card, right? You're paying more for a credit card that does exactly the same thing as anybody else, but it, quote, unquote, is a status thing. People that drive super fancy cars, status thing. People that buy mansions, a status thing. It's not solving the problem. 
It has nothing to do with their passion, but people will also buy or be triggered by status, you know, and, you know, just like, once again, we all want to look nice, but it all depends on individuals. I would never buy a freaking $900 pair of sneakers. I don't think I buy a $900 pair of dress shoes. You know, it depends. It got to be something, something different. But these sneakers, number one, my wife and I were looking at them. And she was like, don't tell mom, because <laughs> my wife, she's a stickler. My wife don't play around when it comes to money. She's like, look, stop, you know, don't waste your money. I didn't tell my wife how much they cost. But once again, you know, there, there's things that trigger people to make decisions. And the easiest thing, guys, when you're looking for a business or a product uh, to start your business or to sell, even if you have a current business, solving a problem. Easiest thing, hands down, solve a problem. People don't care who you are, what color you are, where you came from. They don't care. If you solve their problem, they're they're good. You can be totally anonymous if you help people solve their problem. How many people do you know uh, from products that you use who's the owner of that business or or created that product? Probably zero because you don't care. You get the insoles, right? Excuse me, I'm just getting back into the insole game. So I got a couple of samples yesterday, these insoles, right? Um, You know, and um, focusing on sports. And I put some on, tried. I got three pairs yesterday from three manufacturers, trying them out right now to see how they are because I I run in the spring and summertime around here. And I want to make sure, you know, before I start selling them, let me me test these things out. And so it's all about guys solving problems. Super easy. Okay. Once again, the passion thing when it comes to pinpointing, monetizing your genius, which I call the intersection of your passion and talent, that's probably where everybody should be if they had their druthers or would want to be. The problem is it's a little more difficult doing that. And once again, when you're you're following your passion, you know, um, what do you love? What are you good at? And what will people pay you for? What do you love? What do you love doing? What are your hobbies or whatever? What interests you? What can you do? Um, if you didn't, if you weren't, didn't have to worry about getting paid, what would you do with, with your time, right? So, you know, what do you love? What are you good at? Now, that's real big because people aren't going to pay you for something you're not good at, right? If you can't, if you're a house painter and you can't paint a house, if it's all sloppy, people aren't going to pay you that, right? If you're an interior designer and it looks like I designed a uh, decorator and look like I decorated your house. You're not good at that. If you're a podcaster and you can't speak or you can't put things in a way that people understand, then you're not a good podcaster. What do you love? What are you good at? And one of the things is what do people tell you that you're good at? Oh, man, uh, Jay, you're good at this or, or Bob, you're good at this. Uh, Lisa, you're good at this. If somebody or, or people tell you something all the time, that probably means that you have a talent or you're good at. It. So I'm on a call the other night. Uh, I was doing a presentation for an organization and my wife happened to be uh, listening. She was downstairs reading, but she could hear me. I was upstairs. I have an office inside of my um, bedroom, too, and then one downstairs um, in my in my study. And I was telling a story and she was cracking up. She was like, man, you know, people tell me that all the time that I'm a good storyteller. Now, the stories I tell on on the podcast are a little different and I talk a little different. I'm a little more lax in terms of my my words and terminology. So I got a couple of deficiencies. Sometimes I, I curse a little bit. Right. And I and I like to drink my bourbon. So those are two of my deficiencies. But. I'm a pretty funny storyteller. I temper myself on, on the podcast. But if you're like, if you come out to L.A. for the live event, you'll see me live in, the, in effect, as they say. But um, so people always tell me I'm a very good storyteller. So I know that not because I acknowledged it, but people have told me throughout, you know, my life. Oh, man, he's funny. He, he tells great stories. And so that's something you need to, to clue in on. What do people tell you that you're good at? Not what you necessarily think you're good at, right? So I remember when I started dating my wife, um, and I asked, I said, can you sing? 
Cause she has a voice that sounds like she she'd be a dynamic singer. She can't. She can't sing a lick, right? And uh, she was like, "No, I bet you can sing." That's what she said. No, I I can't sing, but I bet you can sing. And I was like, "Oh, I like to sing, right?" And she said, "What do you mean?" And I started laughing. I said, "I love singing. I'll be singing in the shower, but I'm not a a, a very good singer. I'm okay, but I'm uh, I'm I'm not good at it. I like it. I I enjoy it." But I'm not good at it. So you got to focus on things that you're good at. People don't pay you for things that you're not good at. And once again, and the last thing is what will people pay you for? You know, what do you love? What are you good at? And what will people pay you for? And, you know, there's only six things that you can sell your product, your service, uh, your physical product, your digital products or your services, somebody else's physical products, somebody else's digital products, or somebody else's services. And when you break it down to those six type things, then that's where you can start honing in based on uh, what you love or what you're passionate about and what you're good at. Then the monetization comes in. What will they pay you for after you identify? So check out episode, if you never listened to episode number 199, it's called Pinpoint and Monetize Your Genius. It's probably the shortest episode I've done, about 20, 22 minutes, but it's probably one of the most powerful because it gives you a worksheet uh, that has four quadrants that help you identify your genius. And your genius, once again, is the intersection of your passion and your talent. But the monetization is where everything falls apart. People don't know how to monetize it. And those six things or six types of things that you can sell are the way that you monetize anything. I don't care what type of business that you have going on. <coughs> uh, excuse me. So uh, with that being said, um, I want to ask you guys, uh, if you're entrepreneurs, what path did you take solving a problem or following a passion? And tell me why you, you took that path if you want to talk. So if anybody wants to uh, speak, hit the phone icon on the bottom right to join the caller queue. And then hit the mic to unmute yourself to speak if anybody wants to chime in. So any uh, comments, questions or whatever about this, your business, my business, entrepreneurship or the topic at hand are greatly appreciated. So if uh, anybody wants to chime in while I grab some tea real quick, just do so. Because uh, once again, I kind of want to hear uh, if you guys are able to talk. And I know sometimes you may be in a situation where you can't talk out loud. All right, uh, who got my man? Who's that? Uh, James. James, we're coming right at you, brother. If you can hit your unmute button. Yeah, I got it now. My man. What's going on, bro? Oh, uh, you know, nothing much. How you doing? I'm good, family. I'm good. What's What's going on with you, bro? So I kind of got I kind of got two things. Uh, yes, sir. Two examples. The one example is like um, I do my firearms training, right? So mm -hmm. I um, I get paid for that. My biggest thing with that is that I get told a lot while teaching that I should that I'm good at what I do. I'm really informative, and a lot of people are surprised at my at my prices. And actually, okay. at my last class, my client decided to pay me more because they felt like so my prices were too low. Damn. That's yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so you so you know what you need to do, right? <laughs> It feels so weird, though. It feels so weird. I was telling my wife the other day, I said, you know, I got to start. I got to get accustomed to thinking in, in, in larger numbers. Right. Um, uh, so so <coughs> that's something that I get told that I could, you know, that, I, that I'm good at. And obviously people already pay me for it. But how yep. do you how do you build on that? You, you see what I'm saying? Do I just slowly raise my prices? Yeah, or, bro. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, could, you could slowly raise. Did you listen to the Monday's episode? Uh, I think I did, actually. But I don't remember. All right, so that that Monday's episode, right? How to increase your prices? Three simple ways to increase your prices, right? Okay. And I I literally go go in depth uh, and give you examples on products, services, uh, digital physical products and services. So it's titled uh, episode four hundred three: Three simple ways to sell your product or service at a higher price. And so, okay. um, matter of fact, so for example. Um, I'll just tell you these real quick. Uh, number one, scarcity. So it could be real scarcity or created scarcity. Hey, I'm limited in time. I'm only I can only literally see X amount of people per week. So 
If you're interested, then then obviously with scarcity, you can increase your pricing. Another one is add-ons. So if you have your current product or service and then you add something else on that has a high perceived value. And the example I used was uh, one of my coaching students that was selling waist trainers. And what she did was she found uh, we went online and we found uh, an exercise um, exercise program to help uh, decrease your your inches around your waist which literally was a white label, meaning it wasn't branded and it cost her $30. And so what she started doing, she increased the price of her waist trainer from like 19 or 20. I think she increased about $10. I think it's up to $39. And that, that video, that training series came with it, which literally cost her a one-time usage, uh, a fee of $30 and she can use it in perpetuity. Um, so that's adding on to your current services to increase it. And the other thing, I, which I spent a whole lot of time on, was changing your target customer. So <clears throat> there's usually two types of customers. One customer who doesn't have money can spend more time. And I use the example of if, if I wanted a new website. If I don't have the money to, build for, to, to go to a designer, I'm going to take the time to learn it myself, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if I got the money... And a lot of people that have money value their time more than money. Yo, I'm going to go to Jay Jones. He's a hell of a web designer. I don't care if it costs $3,000. I just need this thing up. So if you mm-hmm. change your target customer, the people that are more focused on money, uh, on time, meaning they rather, they'll pay for convenience, right? Versus somebody that has all day. It's just changing your target customer. So literally, if you're mailing, uh, a package if you can send it snail mail or if you're more concerned about the time and not money what are you going to do you're going to express it right mm-hmm. yeah. so fedex made a living out of focusing on changing the target customer from somebody that just wants to mail a package to people that are in dire need of getting this package to them quickly and guess what their prices are always higher so those are three ways and i just gave you an abbreviated episode 403 but those are three ways to increase your prices but if people are telling you and giving you more money that means that value that value proposition that price value seesaw that means you giving them way too much value for the price gotcha. you know what i mean so you yeah. just need to inch that thing up man what are you charging for a session right now anyway so right now I charge one twenty five for a concealed carry class. Um, what what did they, what did that person give you because they felt you overperformed? They gave me two hundred. Shit, that, there you go. Yeah, I, I, you know what I mean. So, and you have um, testimonials and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. If you could, and, and okay. I have all That's that right. on my Google Business on, stuff is set up too, and I think I'm okay. like yeah, all my reviews are up there. Yeah, and on my yeah, website bro. and through mm-hmm. uh, the one of the organizations that I was certified through, they also right. have reviews up for me there. So, and everything's positive. I've got five stars on everything. So that's what's it's always a good experience. So, yeah. you know, so, so the whole thing is, man, um, you know, they have that what's called the imposter syndrome. People don't think that they're worth their value mm-hmm. and you know, you're doing good stuff and you have validation that what you're doing, I mean, who goes in their pocket, man, to give people more money unless they're super satisfied, you know, and impressed yeah. with the, with the, you know, with the service. So that's telling you right there, bro, I would, I would up that thing to $200 and I wouldn't even blink an eye. Gotcha. You know what I mean? And, and if you need to change your messaging, I don't know if that's, that's higher than normal or what, but you never want to make your money being the lowest in whatever you do. Cause yeah, unless you Walmart, you're going out of business. You know what I'm <laughs> going out of business, bro. Yeah, you, you had something else, bro? Yeah, so yeah. um uh-huh. I'm a I, I create a lot of things. So I I um made my own card game. Oh and, wow, uh, cool. Yeah, and I've I've got I do all my own design, so I do everything in house. Okay. I got the card game. I actually have to have copies in hand and I plan on doing a Kickstarter program a uh, Kickstarter campaign in mm-hmm. about a month. That's but my thing is here I do. Here I have this card game. People already play cards. How am I supposed to reach an audience? You see what I'm saying? Like I feel like this is a saturated um, uh, industry right. as far as card games. But everybody that we play the game with are like, mm-hmm. "Yo, you're on to something with this. You can do. Like you gotta, you gotta follow." Through. 
Um, if you don't mind me asking without giving up too much, what type of uh, game is it? like, uh, uh, what's the objective of the game? So or, the, objective, yeah. The, yeah, the objective of the game is to reach a set number. And okay. in order to reach that set number, you have to play a series of smaller matches that have restrictions on how many points you can earn that gotcha. can essentially disqualify you to make, to reaching that goal. Okay. All right. So here is what you do. I think the crowdfunding is super uh, super great idea because most times in crowdfunding, you're going to get backers, but you're also, um, you know, you're going to give them something in addition. To, obviously, you'll give them the game, but, you know, you got to figure out something to give them uh, for the crowdfunding. Another way is pre-sales, right? Okay. And you, which is kind of the same thing, but you could do it on your own platform or other platform where you pre-sell the card game and that way, um, if you, you know, you give them an extra kicker, whatever it is, it could be an NFT that goes with the card game. It could be something that separates them as one of the founding investors, uh, or supporters of that game. Um, another thing is, man, uh, you, if, I don't know if you want to do it, you might want to reach out to a toy company or a game company that may license it from you, you know? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, that that's an option if you don't want to go through that. But if, if you want to build up the groundswell first, uh, I'm sure you'll have. And if it's real popular, like the black card game and all that mm-hmm. type of stuff, uh, I'm sure you'll have suitors coming after you uh, okay. eventually. But um, so if you can build up something first, that would be great. But uh, I what, what's the price retail price of uh, your card game? So. I'm going to, I'm going to maybe, hopefully I'm going to tell you something and hopefully that answers your question. Okay. Uh, gotcha. So, the way um, it's all based off of how I plan on how many orders I get. Right. So our gotcha. Kickstarter is going to focus on a certain goal. And gotcha. if I can get, let's say 10,000 orders, right. Each mm-hmm. deck is going to cost like a dollar and some change. Right. So the minimum donation that we're asking for is for $5. Okay. So that way with that $5, you get a deck of cards. And if you get over another certain amount, you get a deck of cards and you get a, a customized t-shirt. So gotcha. different things that we can, you know, give back to people who are helping out um, for mm-hmm. the goal of creating. Uh, it's kind of touching on what you were saying about the um, uh, getting like with a toy company to help, you know, mm-hmm. carry it forth. Um, our goal is actually to reach our number so we can get a developer to turn it into a mobile app. OK, I was going to ask you about that, too. <laughs> the mo- yeah. Mobile aspect. So you with five dollars, you're going to give them a car game and a T-shirt. No, 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 no. Oh, oh. No, it's $30. If you, if you do okay. $5, you get the deck. Gotcha. All right. If you do $30 or more, you get the, you know, that. A t-shirt, t-shirt. with it. Gotcha. Yeah. And since uh, I do the design myself, I create, uh, I'm, I, have, I have a signature deck for the first X amount of people that will signify, up. okay, you donate it, and this, this is your copy of that. So when it gets big, okay. they can say I had that, you know? That's what's up. Now, that's that's smart. Now, here, here's one thing I will tell you. Mm-hmm. <sighs> And and I, I get why you're doing the five dollars because it's nothing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like out of people's pocket. Yeah. I, I I may tell you you, you may want to look at it ten dollars or something like that. Ten dollars is still nothing to people, but it's double what you're asking for. I mean you, you can probably test it out, mm-hmm. but once again when people do five dollars and Frank will be with you in a second, bro. Uh, when people do once again it's all perception. Damn. Mm-hmm. If I'm getting a, a freaking debt for five dollars investment, you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. So once again, it's that perception. So this is a fun ass game, man. This game is like crazy. People love it. So you gotta once again in your in your crowdfunding or whatever you're doing, you gotta you know you know make that you know this is what you get. Your family's gonna have a ball. You're gonna be sitting around, blah blah blah. Once again, anytime you're selling something like that, you got to make people envision what it looks like. It could be part of the video could be you and your family playing the game, having Mm -hmm. a ball. You know what I mean? And so once again, it's the perception of it. So off the top of my head, I don't know if I'm right, but my gut tells me that I would probably start it at like ten dollars because it's telling me, okay. The game is good, and I'm helping this guy. Five dollars. Uh, what man? What are the cards made out of paper? What you know? <laughs> you know. But once again, it's that perception that goes with it. And, yeah. and now you doubling, and really five to ten don't really make a difference. Yeah. 
yeah, you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. And you're doubling your your you're possibly doubling your income. But then I like that that price point at thirty where you do thirty. Now you're getting a, a shirt. People pay twenty dollars for t-shirts now all day every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So now they're supporting you and they get they get a shirt in addition to the initial deck the you know uh that's coming out. I like I like I like the concept, man. Um and I would look at you know, crowdfunding or pre-sale. But okay. I think the whole key to, to your selling, and even if you're doing crowdfunding, is the video and the communication that goes around with it. So they're not playing cards. It's it's building community. It's having fun. It's what is this card game? I mean, what does it really mean? It's community. People on the phones all the time. Everybody's disconnected. They don't talk anymore. Everybody's into their own thing. This is bringing families and friends together having a good time so that's gotcha. what you really sell okay. you know what i mean yeah yeah and that's a million dollars worth of game for you right there bro yeah Yo, nah. <laughs> i got ideas in my head already yeah exactly so if you look at you look at beer commercials right every beer well not everyone some of them show the beer pouring into the glass but most times you look at beer and alcohol commercials it's community yeah. it's about being at watching the games together, it's at a bar or something. It's it's not what the product is, is what it what it brings. It's it's, it's deeper than the, the actual product. And I think gotcha. once you can tap into that, then that that's where you're going to really make inroads with that. Gotcha. Yeah, I yeah. It. I appreciate it, Jay. Yeah, don't forget. Like I said, man, we ain't we ain't wrapped in a while, man. So anytime you you know you need to connect, man, let me know. Yeah, I definitely want to set something up with you. So, okay. Um, I'll shoot cool. you a text. All right, my man. Appreciate it, brother. Yep. All right, take care, James. All righty. All right, we're going to grab Brother Frank real quick. Let's see. All right, Brother Frank, hit that unmute, bro. Hey, what's going on, brother? I'm good, man. What's shaking, bro? Oh, nothing much. Yeah, man. Yesterday, um, yesterday's show was really on point. Appreciate it. What I'm going through. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, You know, somebody, a customer of mine, uh, bought a Broncos piece from me and mm-hmm. uh, he asked me about the stand. You know, he, he messaged me back and asked me, you know, how much how much is a stand for it? Because I use a stand to mm-hmm. actually take pictures of, of the product. You know, right? The, and actually, it's a stand that I found in my dad's stuff after he passed. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, he was big in the publisher's clearing house and stuff. Right? Like, you know? <laughs> oh man, that sound like my dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, oh, I, think, I, I think it was for some some rare coins, but yeah, I got, I got them coins checked out. They ain't rare. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but I told uh, him, man, I said, I, I said, I just use that for you know just to to, to um to display the product when I'm taking the pictures. And right. uh, he's actually like maybe the tenth customer to ask me, you know, if I can get a stand with that. So mm-hmm. I, I went deeper. Uh, so I I looked at that stand. I said, man, I can make that damn stand. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and I got, you know, after I do my cutout of my pieces, I actually have leftover pieces that I throw away. Right. And I say, man, I can make the same. I got a router. I can make the same exact stand and do an add on, you know, mm. that's it, because, you know, that free shipping that, you right. know, that they didn't, it ain't, it ain't too free no more. Exactly. Know? Exactly. Yeah, so I can, I said, man, if I could add a stand on to it, and give me a leg up because uh, I looked around and a lot of people that sell their pieces, they don't have stands to go with them. Mm-hmm. So I said, well, you know, if I could do that, make a uh, offer to stand with it for an extra $15. Exactly. You know, and for pieces that I was going to throw away anyway, that mm. can kind of uh, put me put me in the game and give me, you know, give me a little edge. Exactly. Nah, that's 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 great, man, because that makes a lot of sense. And it's funny, that's what I tell people, when you start your business, man, people will tell you what they want. You know what yeah. I mean? So dude was like, yo, what's up with that stand? You know, yeah. so so now that's 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 a revenue source, man. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. So that that's man, that's that's what's up, man. But uh so how 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 much you uh is it easy for you to make, you think? Oh yeah, it's um it, it ain't nothing but a, a little block of wood. Okay. Um a little piece of wood, like I said, pieces that I, you know, I kind of throw away after I finish cutting out the design that I need. And mm-hmm. I say maybe uh, to cut it out, maybe maybe five minutes. Wow! At the most, you know. Wow! 
yeah. know, five minutes of work. You That's know, like, and I say that, you know, that uh, that could be an extra add on for me. And I could probably I was thinking that I'm making kind of do do something to where as I flip, flip my my product brand, you know, they have like specific pieces where I see it where it's just, um, you know, well, not just but table. Uh, right. Desk, desk, mm. uh, desk displays, which right. you, can, you can hang it on a wall anyway. But yeah, this, oh this, yeah, uh, this is office desk, office desk design or something like that, you know. Right. So I've been, I've been, I've been kind of brainstorming. Nah, that's good, man. But but I, I want the light bulb to go off to everybody, guys. Once you start getting into your business, uh, it, that's 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 going to happen. You're going to start getting different ideas, and people going to reach out to you. You know what I mean? And uh, they're going to ask for different requests. And that's how your business grows. A lot of times your business will grow just because people, like I said, will tell you what they want. You know, damn, man, you got this. Well, you got this. Can and, and, and that's how it starts. But if you don't start your business, you're never going to get that intel, that, that feedback. So that's great, man. Yeah. That, is, that is great, brother. That is, that, that is hot, man. Yeah, I can't. Well, I can't wait to uh, to put the first one out there to see how everything's gonna go. But um, but I ain't gonna keep it that long, bro. Okay, I'm, uh, I'm gonna get into uh my modular three today and my brand. Okay, so yeah, we got we got the call coming up. Um, I'm traveling this uh this week, so it'll be on the 19th. So I'm about to send that out for the uh for the next call for the for the group coaching call. Okay, brother. Okay, sounds good, man. Take care, brother. Are right, you too? All right. All right later. Later. All right, all right, guys. That's brother Frank. Any other questions, comments? Um, like I said, man. Um, in terms of being able to start your own business, guys, uh, it's two ways to go: solve a problem or follow your passion. And neither one of them are wrong. You know, if you can combine both, you know, follow your passion and solve a problem while you're doing it. You know, you got the best of both worlds, and, and really, there's no stopping you with that. Uh, any other questions, comments about the subject topic, your business, my business, anything in general? We wide open. And uh, if not, I just want to remind you guys, if whoever's listening, it. Oh, okay, my man Butch. Let me let me bring Butch in. All right, Butch, hit that uh, unmute button, bro. There you All go. Right. Hey, yep. hey, Jake, can you hear me? Yes, sir. What's going on, bro? All right, Jake. Um, thank you for coming in today, man. I appreciate it. Glad I can be here. Okay. okay. Yes, sir. Okay. Jay, I got the, uh, I got the lead. I got the lead program. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Now that I got my, my, uh, my lead sheet up, mm-hmm. uh, for the leads, how do I, um, how do I get people to, to check it out on the, on the, uh, on okay. the, on the web, on the internet? All right. So. What's your what's your product? What's your lead magnet that you're selling? Uh, credit repair. Okay. Oh man, that's a good one, bro. All right. What's the uh? So credit? Re- are you offering a consultation or are you offering what? What's the offer? The call to action. Yeah, call to action. Um, well, I got to get them to dial the number, and my man takes care of them. Okay. And my partner. Yeah, my partner repairs their credit. Okay, so so basically, they when they hit that when they get to that page, your landing page, they're gonna call for a consultation, I guess, right? Yes. Okay. All right. So so the the way you drive traffic, um, is you got to start running. Uh, you got a social media account or any social media accounts? Yes, I do. Okay, so I would start putting content up about it. Could be tips on how to repair repair credit. Uh, things of that nature and driving people to specific, you know, once again, to your specific landing page. Um, now, is there a time limit on that when people can call or no? No. Okay. So, <laughs> all right, man, you might have cats calling two in the morning talking about, yo, I need my credit repair. So, <laughs> so, so, so here's the thing with that. And, and, and I'll, I'll jump back to your initial question. So when you have a, a, a call to action like calling, one thing that you might want to have, I don't know if your partner has an answering service or something, because the, the biggest way you're going to lose customers is nobody answers the phone and it goes to voicemail. People are used to voicemail, 
But a lot of times they like that live interaction. Oh, damn, it's it's 1030 at night and these jokers answered, even though it's an answering service. But that may be something you want to look at. But the the way to drive traffic, man, um, you if like Facebook advertising, I believe. Fa- you know what? I don't. Does Facebook allow you to do credit repair? Let me see. Some some companies, uh, some company. I mean, some places don't let you do uh, certain, certain things. Yeah, um, like not companies, but some platforms. Can I run credit yeah. repair on Facebook? You can put your ad in front of yeah, okay, blah, 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 blah. yeah, okay, you can. Okay, that's what it's saying right here. So uh post a Facebook email. Yeah. All right. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so you can run it on Facebook. So what I would do is I would run ads on Facebook because you can really target people that way. Um where where's your credit repair? Uh are you in the East Coast or what? No, Phoenix. Arizona. Phoenix. Okay. So once again, I run it based on, you know, the ads. I run the ads based on the time that the, the, the company that you guys are open. You don't want to run ads. Like I said, midnight, somebody like me might be out there doing something, see something. Oh, man, let me hit this. And you're not going to you're really wasting your wasting your 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 lead right there. So that's what I would do, bro. Um, man, you got um. did you do the one on one coaching? Yes. OK. All right. Did I send? Did you? Just, all right. You know what? Man, shoot me an email because we can jump on individually and I can walk you through it, um, whatever we need to do. So um, shoot me an email when you get a chance, bro. Uh, Jones at blackentrepreneurblueprint.com. And we'll set up a time and we'll go through and I'll help you set everything up so you can start running, running leads and running traffic there. And we'll diagnose it, you know, and, and, and make sure that you start getting traffic, bro. So that'd probably be the best thing um, that we need to do. So uh, when you, when you looking to connect, man? Uh, today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you said today. I can't do it today. Right Yo, I like I like that. I like you. You direct with that. Yo, what you doing right after this? Now I like that, but <laughs> but uh, I can't do it today. But if you okay. shoot me an email, let's let's set up a time where we can get on the phone. We can do a Zoom or whatever. And we can do a, an hour or so online, and and we we can get you get you rocking and rolling, bro. Okay, all right, my man. Jay, yeah, yep. it'll be um, yeah, it'll be Butch from Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona. Okay, okay. I'm send that email out today. And all right, we'll, we'll go from. Do you need my phone number or what? A, what? A, what? A, yeah, yeah. You know what? Today? Yeah, shoot me when you shoot the email. Just shoot mm-hmm. me um your phone number in there too. And we'll and we'll link up. We'll link up with a time. And uh, it's probably better to do it on via Zoom. So that way I can show you a couple of things. Um, but yeah. Yeah. But definitely. But definitely put your phone number in there, too. So we can we can connect and text okay. if you, and I'll give you my number. So uh, you, if you need to text me or anything in between. Right. OK. OK. My right. man. So it'll, yeah, it'll be your phone number and uh, email address. Cool. And we'll go from there. Right. Yes, sir. Appreciate right, you, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you, oh, sir. OK. Take care, bro. All right. right. Yep. All right. We got anybody else, guys? Any comments, questions about today's topic? Uh, Your business, my business, anything else? We wide open. Okay. Um, Like I said, guys, if you're out in L.A. this Saturday, come check me out. BEBlive.com. Live out in L.A. Melvin Graham, producer of the new upcoming uh, documentary series on Amazon Prime. Black Business LA. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Interview, Q&A, and then uh, meet and greet with some libations and food. So um, share that with your network, guys. Just tell them to go to BEBlive.com. Also, on the 19th, once again, um, we're going to be changing the time, not next Tuesday, but the following Tuesday. Actually, I'm going to probably do it at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the west coast guys so i'm going to be changing it to uh every tuesday evening probably 8 p.m eastern standard time uh starting not next week but the 19th of april and that way we'll we'll try that for a couple weeks see what happens and uh because i had a lot of people man that have been like yo i need to i'd love to come on but i can't do it during the day so we'll we'll see what happens but uh if we don't have any other questions guys make sure you tap into um you know, BEB, BlackEntrepreneurBlueprint.com. Use those resources on the website that we have. 
And, um, you know, please continue to spread the word about the the ecosystem, the new revised website and uh, all the resources that are on there. And I appreciate you guys, appreciate you guys for spending time with me on uh, this Tuesday afternoon. Look forward to seeing you guys next Tuesday and the following Tuesdays. All right, guys, I'll see you all next time. Peace.